Welcome to Andor the Relentless, the space waffle show where we relentlessly talk about Andor. I'm Arzu, and with me are Candace. Hello there. Norhal. Hello there. Chelsea. Hello there. And Katrina. Hello there. So we are missing Maggie tonight because she is partying it up at New York Comic Con, uh, having a blast. And we are very happy that she is having fun. But we are at home talking (laughs) Andor this week. And Candace is going to be leading the discussion this time around. So Candace, take it away. This is episode five, The Axe Forgets. And it was written by Dan Gilroy and directed by Susanna White. So I thought we would kind of like separate it out by the characters and their storylines. So you know what? Let's just start off with Karn and Mama Karn. (laughs) I know, right? Okay. Cereal boy. Cereal boy with Cocoa Puffs and Blue Milk. The fact that Cocoa Puffs are canon gives me a great amount of joy. Oh my god, I'm gonna go make those little rice burger, what are those, the little cereal treats? Yeah. Um, oh yeah. StarWars.com. I'm absolutely making them this month. <laughs> uh, you know what, honestly, I mean, Space Waffles, they're already canon. Go to Rebels, it's there. <laughs> so, Space Cereal. Space as long as Space Pancakes cake. don't make a appearance, we're good, right? Yeah. Just a space waffles. Something I noticed with with Karn and his mom, which I think too many of us can uh, relate to in some some capacity, is when you have to move back home, not only are you regressing just a little bit, but then your parents are like, so what's your next step? (laughs) Yes. I don't know. Let me breathe, mom. Me, a millennial who moved back in with my parents because of the recession after graduation, (laughs) I'd be like... They're telling me go out, just go to the offices and be like, here, give your resume to them. I'd be like, I can't just go into the people's offices. That's not how that works. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I feel this in my bones for him. Yeah. And also the typical, I, I think uh, in the galaxy, the typical, oh, yeah, let's ask uncle, your uncle Harlow. Harlow. It's like, yeah, yeah no, I mean, feels familiar. Let me do it myself. Let me do it myself. Yes. Can mm-hmm. we talk about uncle harlow for a second is anybody else deeply suspicious of him yeah i don't think he's real (laughs) what the way the way she's talking about him like about you have to study uncle harlow you have to study uncle harlow's response i'm like is uncle harlow like a bird or an object like not (laughs) not a person but like like the bird was a joke but is he like concept from which Mama Karn is like getting advice and passing it on to Cyril Mm. like Mm. for for my High Republic people out there something like the effect of you know like when somebody feels to the will of the force or the path or like like something that is intangible it's not a person but in this case we're calling it Uncle Harlow Mm. well I for a minute then yeah, I, I I don't think I'm right, but I I thought it was the ISB guy, but I don't think he is because yeah, he didn't want him to go into law enforcement. Yeah, I don't know. That was my ridiculous Uncle Harlow theory, but I don't know what the rest of you think. I, I guess like happen. a senator or something. Oh yeah, maybe yeah. a senator or, or... Mm-hmm. can get him an internship somewhere. Yeah, yeah, and <laughs> get him on the Empire. I don't know. I don't know. I just thought the way they were talking about him was a little suspicious. Like, you don't talk about a person that way. I know. And 
And that was something that, I mean, of course, her, his mom was really condescending with him. Like, yeah, well, leadership is like... Well, he kind of effed up. I know. Name. It's like, uh, well, you have thought. Yeah. I know. I know. But she was being very much that mom. That mom. We all know that mom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know what? I actually felt for him finally. Everybody Yay! else has been like... Been <laughs> I think, and simping for this man. And I'm like... I think... The he after around and he found out. I'm like, I know. <laughs> but... I could see in this episode when he's looking at that holocron of Cassian, it's like, yeah, he's he's gonna be obsessed with the man, and I don't know if he's gonna be in, it's gonna be um, ending working for the Empire, but I feel like they're gonna be like Javert and uh, Jumbo John, kind of, <laughs> yeah, like chasing him all across he's the galaxy. His white whale. Diametrically. But honestly, opposed. you know what? If Diego Luna was out there, I would be chasing him too. Let's be real. Yeah, I mean, uh, he, he is out there. So for I legal reasons, this is a joke. Candace is not chasing <laughs> That's what I mean. Like, yeah. Diego, don't worry. If I had the... No, no. Okay, I'm going to stop before <laughs> I, like, perjure myself or something. Let's not invade ourselves today. Yeah. yeah not today. Not today. It's for Friday, guys. Not today when I was already planning a California trip. Right, exactly. <laughs> Maybe in the future, but certainly not today. Yeah. Okay. So let's go to our rebel cell. Our little, like, paranoid rebel cell where Clem is trying <laughs> to just, like, do his thing. But people are suspicious of Cassian, yeah. which, can you blame them? No. Not no. at all. Because he continues to act as suspicious as humanly possible. Yeah. I know, right? He's like... <laughs> Dude, he's not even doing the don't be suspicious walk. He's not. He's just <laughs> proceeding to be very suspicious. Yeah. I, I think and... this... Yeah. Oh, sorry. I think this oh, rebel no, go ahead. like stands out to me the most in that like you know, all of the rebel cells we've known so far became really fast found family and while these people seem to like know each other, I can't say they like love each other like the rebels cast does you know mm. um i think it's really interesting to get this perspective of like the theme of the episode being like everyone has their own rebellion like it's really shown in this group itself so i really like getting to spend time with them and finding out their individual motivations and stuff yeah and yeah. that's a really good point because like you said in most like we saw in the rogue one squad we saw in rebels they had in like really immediately or or fast this uh sense of family found family but these guys they're supposed to be like for months been preparing this and you don't feel that but that's that's interesting to see how these different rebel cells or proto cells were working towards that that common goal at the end oh see i wonder if it's because they're all like individual adults who are coming there with their That's own nice. backstories and purposes yeah whereas like with rebels you have two teenagers so that's necessarily forcing kanan and hera to like be parental figures yeah and so it kind of makes a cohesive bond a lot stronger than these you know six random adults yeah also um, zeb is a child even though he's 50 years old i know right, right. <laughs> <laughs> let's, be real. let's be real yes he's like even even hera says make mom and dad proud like she just <laughs> embraces yes. it she knows yeah. she's team mom while everybody yeah. else is i mean you still get that suspicion like sabine has with like 
rebellion itself, but she doesn't. She's not suspicious of Hera or Kanan. Mm-hmm. So I agree. They all believe in the cause, but they're suspicious of the rebellion as a whole and mm-hmm. also of each other. So it's it's a mess. But they're mm-hmm. also doing like a really insane thing. I know, mm-hmm. and this is uh, really valid when when uh, Joel mentioned on the Geeky Waffle the the tweet that. This actually makes you think, hey, this is happening at the same time the Rebel season one. Mm-hmm. And this is too serious. Like, oh, there's motivations and they're planning the size. And at the meantime, Seb and Ezra are chasing for Melorus. <laughs> so it's like, come on. They're accidentally stealing a freaking TIE fighter. Yeah. <laughs> and just, you know, causing mayhem. Like, Sabine's off, like, graffitiing things. Yeah. Well, like, like they. This group of rebels is just like so high strung and like yeah. about to snap. I wonder if it's also because they're only together for this one specific mission and they plan to go their separate ways afterwards. Yeah. Whereas in Good rebels, point. it's like they plan to be together for years, building their own rebel cell. And so they have the like emotional capacity and space to build those kinds of bonds. Yeah. And they have a home, like the ghost is a home for yeah. them. Oh, so yes. it's a moving that, home. Um, yeah, that probably plays a bigger a bigger part in it because when we think like, you know, okay, rebels is falls more traditionally into a family structure with adults and kids and like whatever. Mm-hmm. If you think about something like the sequel trilogy and how quickly they all grew attached, some of it is a trauma bond, yeah, but some of it has to do with the fact that like they have mattresses and blankets and a kitchen, and these people have none of that. So, you know, the sequel trilogy they are separate adults who came into it for their own reasons but they have enough baseline comfort Uh that they're not constantly on edge and angry and they have a lot of like numbers behind them whereas these people there are so few of them they're sleeping on rocks they're eating roots like they're closing that damp all the time like of course they're in terrible moods so of course like the first thing to go would be your trust in everybody else yeah what did you all think of um, Nimic's speech. I loved it. I loved it, and it, it makes a lot of sense, right? Because, like, we've been saying all this six, and I love this series doing that, like bringing the the background and giving them an aim and more time to dwell into their motivations. and And it was it was beautiful to hear. Okay, yeah, my manifesto and his perspective about why. I join a rebellion against the empire, which which was is great. And he's so like shocked when Ka- he finds out about Cassian. He's like, so it's about the money for you. Like he doesn't, he can't understand that mm-hmm. because he's at this point where it's all about the rebellion. And he makes a really interesting point because something that you know, as a child, you always wonder, you're like, why isn't everybody going against the empire? They're obviously corrupt. Yeah, but he brings up that they're doing like a bunch of tiny oppressions, you know, all over yeah. the place. Yeah, instead like of one forty. Thing. Yeah, forty yeah. different things instead of one. Yeah, it's all so, diluted. Yeah. It Lots also great points. it makes me very afraid for him because nobody that uh... optimistic tends to survive in media. <laughs> <laughs> nobody with a heart so pure. It's like makes it to the end. He becomes the. He's going to become the catalyst that rallies the rest of them through the mission because he's going to be the first to go. Yeah. And that makes me very sad because I think we need people who believe the best in everyone in order to like who believe the best in their in their cause and in the people fighting for their cause in order to push it forward. But 
this is also a television series. So I understand the characters need stakes. I was excited. Uh, I think Nemec is really kind of the definition of what I was excited for when I heard Tony Gilroy was doing a Star Wars series. You know, like this is not the Star Wars series to watch if you hate politics and new Star Wars because that that's what this is about. And like, yeah, yeah got some news for the rest of Star Wars and you. But like this out of all of them is like the one that like I, I was waiting for because you really get to spend a lot of time with these characters and the things they say are delivered in such an impactful way. Like from the directing to the writing, to the acting like that, those scenes with Nemec were just like top tier. And you can see like these little bits that like, that Cassian will carry along with him as he goes Mm -hmm. in his story till he gets to the rogue one Cassian where he's like, I'm going to risk it all, you know, after everything that's happened. Yeah. Uh, And, and this is fantastic because it's given us, how the transition came for, for him, right? How uh, he was from that point A to the point B where we met him in Rogue One. And I mean, it made me think that uh, people can can change in, in how their motivations or perspective changes. It's like, it made me think of how Kanan joined Hera in A New mm-hmm. Dawn to begin with. So it's like, maybe he was running because he was a, a Padawan. But yeah, he decided to join the fight, which is which is great. It's, it makes you think how... I think that's great. Like, that's a great point because I remember that being one of the first... Like, the, first, the in, in A New Dawn, that was, like, the first introduction of a, a rebel who, like, didn't necessarily want to be there. Like, you know, before before we had Cal Kestis, that was, like, the first Jedi that, that had really joined the rebellion uh, mm-hmm. the story we knew nothing about. So I think that's a great point, Noel. What um, What do you guys think that scene with um, Vel? They asked Cassian about like their escape ship and <laughs> oh, yes. they're like <laughs> admitting that they don't know what to do. Yeah. I know. And he just it, it was kind of funny but sad would- at the same time. I, I get that they have to keep the plot moving. So they're just like, well, how would you do it? And then Cassian's like, oh my God, you don't know. And then he just tells them. But I would have loved him to be like, I'll explain, but I would really love you to walk me through this first. Like if I wasn't here. <laughs> I agree. Like just what, what were they planning on doing? I would like to know. Winging it, literally. Winging it. Yep. Winging it and, with and the wings because there's a ship. And it tells you a lot about, I mean, I know we're going to talk about Luthen in a bit, but I it tells you, okay, we have all these people joining the rebellion because they are fed up with what the Empire is doing. But, of course, you need people who kind of seize. And as we're seeing at the beginning of this series, the, pro- the previous episodes, how he went to recruit Cassian because maybe he's seeing things like as part of this plan, the, the master plan or the act of rebellion against the empire, what do you need? I mean, yeah, you can have people with all the good intentions, but you need to see it from a like a larger scheme and see what you need. Like these guys, they haven't seen or considered what, what are we going to do with the, with the chip? What, how are we going to take the weight into consideration? So uh, it, it makes you think, I mean, how... All the scenarios and all the perspectives have to be taken into account. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it does. 
What did you guys think of the TIE fighter scene? It's just one TIE fighter. Scary. But but yeah, it was terrifying. (laughs) The thing is, we're so used to seeing like like a squad of TIE fighters against either like a squad of X-Wings or like a really big ship like the Falcon or the Ghost or like, you know what I mean? Like Like a big enough ship that it can house several people. So you don't realize quite how terrifying a TIE fighter is. Like a lone TIE fighter is to seven people whose biggest shelter is like a board propped up by two logs exactly like it it really puts the whole thing into perspective because most like most people we're used to seeing in star wars like hero wise have some degree of resources like they might be scrappy it might be not the best resources but they have them i think this is like the first time on screen anyway that we're seeing people who genuinely do not have the resources to keep them safe from a lone tie fighter so yeah. and then the thing is, like most people in the galaxy, that's their reality. So I think it's putting that into perspective, like very, very clearly for the audience. Yeah, I was trying to remember if there's any kind of chase scenes with a lone Tie Fighter in Rebels. Um, that I can think. I mean, of. there were certainly there's always multiples. Around. Yeah, there's yeah. yeah, there's always multiples. Even the one where <laughs> Zeb and Ezra stole the Tie Fighter, they have multiples after them. <laughs> That's true. And like, I know. The only I'm other sorry. time I can think of one TIE fighter is, oh no, that's not even a TIE fighter. Never mind. I was thinking of like the Mando, the Mando episode, The Believer, like where he's being pursued while he's on the tank. And then I'm like, no, the oh, TIE yeah. fighter saves him. But yeah. Even then, he's got a, sh- he's got like a ship or he's got like people coming after him, but he's still got a tank. He still has mm-hmm. like a degree of protection, but that's a completely separate point. Well, I was thinking in Rebels, even if there were like two or three TIE fighters, there were a few scenes where they were kind of like out in the open. And but for some reason, I feel like it hit harder in live action Mm -hmm. than Mm -hmm. it did in animation. Yeah. And also the Rebels have um, the ghost crew have two data on their hand. They have a Mandalorian who is like an explosion expert. They have an ace pilot. They have all these like really qualified people for war. Yes. And they have... Like, they have Cassian, but then they also have somebody who is totally prepared to fly a ship that she doesn't know how to fly. So, like, that's what they're dealing with here. And it's mm-hmm. not to say that these rebels are, like, stupid or unprepared. They're doing the best mm-hmm. they can, but it the, sometimes your best just isn't enough to win the day. Not enough, yeah. That scene had, like, perfect tension, too, because, like, we watched that TIE fighter fly in and it felt like the slowest thing I ever watched because we I have know. no idea what that pilot would decide to do. Like, was this just a flyover? Was this to come destroy them? Was this to come take pot shots at them? So, like, I think that's what made it so scary is that, like, we watched it with them and had the same, like, l- like lack of clue as they did when it came to, like, what their fate was about to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, speaking of tension, um, Skeen um, takes off, well, he finds the Kyber crystal. No. And there's a- there's a confrontation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, of, of all of them, Skeen seems the most on edge. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. They all are on edge, though. He seems like he's the, he's the closest to snapping. Oh, oh yes. Oh, and that brings up space lesbians. Yay. <laughs> Valen. Sinta. Yeah, people who cannot be cut out. But their relationship can be. Yep. I know. Oh. Except, <laughs> yeah, it wasn't Except, explicit. Well, I mean, 
nothing's really ever explicit in Star Wars. <laughs> if yeah, it's cut, just if you cut out Han and Leia's romance, you lose her motivation for saving him. You lose half of their scenes together. You like you lose a lot if yeah. you cut that out. Same with um Padme and Anakin. Like, oh, how did she get pregnant then? Not all to the dark side if there's no romance. Yeah. Like, these two were instrumental to their plot. They're just really good friends. <laughs> but I feel like there are those moments where Santa's like, I didn't know. Why would you expect her to like be mad about it? Mm-hmm. If there isn't something going on between the two of them, that's an. The, but that's like a conclusion we make as an adult, knowing that. I'm not saying it's not there. I'm happy it's there. What I want is for the show to like really lean into it, yeah, and yeah. not make it so that you can you as as a, a viewer, a parent, whatever, can talk around it, can tell your They're kid that's really not what's happening, friends. or They're to really- like cut it out of the episode altogether. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like yeah. it's a little bit like queer baiting because it's like you can. You can see it if you want to see it, and you can choose to not see it. Yeah. Make it, I'm not saying explicit, like R rated explicit, but make it like explicit, like you cannot remove this from the text without losing something. Even just like a single kiss. Yeah. Like if they're about to die, you know? As you do when you fall in love in Star Wars, if you say the L word or kiss, you die immediately. So at least (laughs) give us the kiss, you know? Right. Something. Yeah. But those can be cut too. We've seen that with Rise. I don't want. I don't want a live slug reaction kiss. I want like a real meaningful kiss. Yeah, we deserve more meaningful kisses in Star Wars. We do. We deserve more. Yeah. Everybody we needs to kiss a little more in Star Wars. Yeah, we should but be no, more kissing. More kissing, but nobody dies after the kiss. Nobody dies. We're not. <laughs> like we're our, not. We're not kissing swing, in gratitude. We're kissing romantically. Swing, like oh boy, Kylo Ren. Ben Solo. Wow. Okay. Twenty three minutes yes. in. <laughs> I almost brought it up off the top. How? <laughs> How? I didn't help. I didn't help. I don't even go here, and I didn't. I, I made it worse. Damn it, Katrina! I thought you were going to be my doing great, though. I haven't mentioned my thing at all. I'm just saying I'm super chill today. You should. You could mention your thing if you can make it work. Yes, I would find a way to make it work. My exactly. my thing. I challenge you to rebels. make it work before the episode's over. And Norhal just brings everybody brings up rebels. Because we're in this time period, so I'm yeah. good. <laughs> no, but I, that was one of the things that I brought up while I was, you know, tweeting through it with my partner was like, oh, they're just going to kind of hint at us again and say like, you know, and just use the imagery or the the attitude. They're not going to say explicitly like she shares her blanket with Val, you know, like yeah. that could have been very easy. It should it could have been done and done. You didn't even have to give us a kiss after that point. But like not being explicit about it is still kind of like it does bother me because it's like this is supposed to be the grown up um, Star Wars. So, mm-hmm. you know, this should be for grown ups and grown ups don't need like hints like that. Yeah. Know. Also, we already got like a few episodes ago, like Cassian's bang list. <laughs> Cassian's <laughs> bang list. We saw Bix without her pants on. Yeah. Like, I think we can mm-hmm. deal with lesbians, you guys. So I didn't watch this episode right away because I wasn't able to. So, but I couldn't stay off Twitter because I, ha- I have to be on their work for work. So when I see people sit talking about like the sharing a blanket, I thought we were getting space cuddles. I Aww. thought we literally saw them sharing a blanket. I'm like, well, that's nice. How nice of everyone not to spoil it with pictures. And then, um, nope. <laughs> that's not what happened. They nope. couldn't spoil it with pictures. There were no pictures <laughs> to spoil it with. But I thought, yeah, we it was just cuddles. a passing comment. Can we? 
Can we start using like when people are sleeping out? They're like, oh, they're sharing blankets. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I mean, they got a duvet together. <clears throat> Queen size. Say, say water. Is yeah. It's a quilt. They're quilting. <laughs> I don't know. There are wedding quilts. Well, there you That's go. True. Wow. Somebody give them a wedding quilt when they both survive this inevitable um, oh, yes. raid. It's just that bury your gay trope right there and it's scaring me. Don't don't put it out there in the universe. I know, but I have to prepare for it. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's a bummer. So, okay. On that note, do you want to also talk about an- another bummer? Okay. Mon Mothma's husband and oh, daughter? No. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Everyone shaking that their That thing was rough, dude. He's mm-hmm. right there along. Sorry to mention another media, but Sir Kristen Cole and. <laughs> Josh from She-Hulk at the the backs, the trash men of 2022 list. Yes, yes, he's right there. Norhal writes up for the waffle trash fiction yes. men of 2022. I was talking about this with Arzu earlier and talking about how I wonder if Mon Mothma could have done more when especially when her daughter was growing up to maybe not necessarily explicitly tell her that she's in the rebellion but to kind of cultivate a better understanding of rights and wrongs and why she's working so hard and things like that because it seems like her daughter just really doesn't get it Perrin really doesn't get it I mean Perrin is an adult so he's probably like a lost cause but you would think that she would try to make her daughter understand what what she's really trying to do Unless Perrin is such an influence on her that yeah. anything that Mon has tried to do. Exactly. I think his dad, her dad has had a lot of like influence on that attitude because it makes me think, I was watching that episode and I thought about Leia, Princess of Alderaan and mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Web, uh, Moving Target, the book where uh, you see the relationship between Mon Mothma, the mentoring between Mon Mothma and Princess Leia. And it makes me think that they're sort of the same age, Leida and Leia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also their names are kind of similar anyway. But there, I mean, you see that Leia and Leia, Princess of Alderna, had sort of that perspective like, yeah, my parents are keeping something from me. They're always going partying. They always have a dinner. Yeah. Oh. But obviously, her attitude was totally different. Her disposition was like, hey, I want in. I want to help. I want to do something. So Except I think Leia, well, Leia has like a position, a political position as princess. Exactly. Yeah. So I think Le- Leia is just a student, you know, and she doesn't understand, you know, what's going on. Because my mom was hiding everything from everyone. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what I was thinking was like, you know, with Leia, she has a position in the junior Senate. Like she's been politically involved since she was very very young whereas like i feel like with mon mothma she kind of wants to keep leda protected from it outside of it kind of in a bubble not realizing that by not involving her at all she's Mm -hmm. kind of you know not spent as much time with her as maybe leda would have liked leaving plenty of space for parent to go hang out and for parent to kind of put this why must everything be boring and sad mentality into into Leda's head so now as a teenager she's like well yeah like it's not as if my mom ever wanted anything to do with me so 
I don't know why she cares all of a sudden. So she's, it's just, it's part teen angst and part, well, it's been too long. I don't know why you're bothering. Exactly. Yeah, agreed. I do want to note, like, offhand that, like, I feel like Clea, Leda, and Leia are all, like, in the same naming convention. Like, like Lori, Laura, and Lauren. They're all from, like, the mm-hmm. same derived name. And it's just, like, a super popular name around that time when, like, yeah. when, when Leia and Clea never get bored. Padme. Wait, who's Padme Clea? On and her. Clea is the curator at... Um, right. Mm-hmm. Oh, Yeah. What, Padme and Mon were reading the same baby books there around the go. same time. Yeah, you know what? They probably were pregnant around the same time too, and they were friends. So, I but, guess Mon would have had just had Leda when Padme moved to Coruscant. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah maybe. Yeah, Leda's not that much older than Leia. Mm-hmm. Like two, three, maybe mm-hmm. three, three years old. or something. Yeah. Yeah, because well, yeah, Leia would be fifth, fourteen right now. Yes, fourteen. Yeah. And that's the thing is like Leia is like a rich girl. Well, yeah, Leia is too, but she is in public service. So she seems she also when she was 10 years old, nine, 10 years old, Aww. she, you know, had an adventure. We found Just out. a little one. Just, Just a little, little one. one. Just Aww. a little one. She got to see exactly what the Empire did. <laughs> like, oh, you just kidnapped a child and was going to torture them. <laughs> yeah. Well, like. Leda is in Coruscant, which is just Imperial Propaganda headquarters. Yep. But yeah, feeling bad for Mon. I know. I feels bad, Mon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I will say I liked her little dig when she and Perrin were on their way home from wherever they'd been. Which, by the way, I'm a little salty. We're on Coruscant, and there's implications of dinner parties and galas and whatever, and we're not seeing them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, I, I get it during the prequel trilogy. This is not what George Lucas wanted to focus on. He wanted to do the politics and the pew-pew and the whatever. But this is taking our time with this show. Like, give me a party. It's the it's exactly. key in we every prestige drama. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see that dinner party where Perrin invited all her enemies. Oh, my God. <laughs> I thought we were going to have it this episode. But no, apparently yeah. not. That would have been cool. I, do, I did like her little dig when Perrin's like, why didn't you tell me about your new foundation? And she's like, oh, it was charitable. I didn't think you'd be interested. Yeah. <laughs> no. You're not going to care like, anyway. Bird. Bird. Yeah. But funny, funny story about the quality of this show and its prestige drama levels. Chelsea and I were watching it. My brother walks into the room. He has not seen Andor yet. He's waiting for it to finish so he can binge it. And he sees the dinner table scene with like Mon and Perrin and Leda. And he thought we were watching the dropout, like the Hulu series. Oh, wow. He did not oh even recognize it as Star Wars because he thought it was like modern, modern prestige drama. That's yeah. what he thought we were watching. So I'm like, that's well, good. That's, that's like quite the commentary on the set design on this show. <laughs> I know, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, it was Coruscant, so yeah, everything's high tech. I love Coruscant. I love how much time we're spending on Coruscant. It just validates my need to like have a kitchen that looks exactly like that, or a dining room that looks exactly like that. <laughs> the light doors, the dramatic doors. I know. Yeah, right? Coruscant Art Deco. I'm all about that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So we just get a little bit of Lutheran in this episode, just a oh, taste. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he's waiting to hear from the. Transmitter and his assistant Clea, <laughs> yeah, is like you can't really do anything, you know. If they get found out, tomorrow is going to be interesting. Yeah, I know. 
for a bit I was thinking well all the connections and I don't I, I know that they're not relying a lot of on Easter eggs and such but uh for a minute I, I thought ah oh, maybe he's gonna contact other frequencies like <coughs> fulcrum or something like that but, <laughs> which would be cool Bail Organa when yes yeah mm-hmm. Bail Organa or bust <laughs> just joking <laughs> Yes, I'm on the Jimmy Smith's lookout. Yeah, let's see here. Um, I think we covered pretty much everyone. I thought it was interesting oh. the way that Clea was talking to him. I was like, are they related? Yeah, right. I was like, wondering if they were married. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was like, are they married or is she his daughter? <laughs> like, you yeah, know. I was thinking like family vibes. Like, I definitely thought she was his daughter or something hey. like that. She was like, him a lot. Yeah. <laughs> also, that he is she knows what's going on with the rebellion. Like she, in the previous episode was distracting just, the driver. So he could talk to my without. Yeah. yeah. So she knows everything, I know. which is very interesting. So like, what is their relationship? I've got, I've got a whole head cannon. <laughs> I have a whole head cannon. <laughs> yeah. Please share it with the class, please. So she's, she works in the shop as mm-hmm. just like, just an antiquities handler. And then everything starts to build up with the rebellion. He realizes she's trustworthy. He kind of brings her into the inner circle, and they fall in love in the process. Oh, that's my head cannon. So they're together now, but they weren't always. (laughs) Nice coworkers to lovers. Coworkers to lovers. Yes, right. I think. (laughs) But I think we we skipped Dedra. We did skip Dedra. Oh, we did. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, Dedra. Dedra oh, knows what's up. Dedra I know. She knows exactly what's going on. <laughs> and they're all like, you're crazy. And I'm you're crazy. Like, not crazy. That's exactly what they're doing. Even though she's technically a bad guy, I really like her. Yeah. And I mean, I'm wondering, if, and, and I think I've seen in certain indications that Dedra and Cyril are going to interact at some point. But I think they're pretty similar. And it makes you think that Okay, we see the Empire at the bad guys, like Thrawn, Tarkin, Palpatine, etc. But you see, this is like the everyday people that joins the Empire because they think they is job security, progress, whatever. Buy the propaganda. Exactly. They They buy them into the propaganda. And they think, I mean, she, I, I think she thinks she's doing the right thing like okay this is something dangerous uh, terrorist or whatnot they're trying to unbalance the empire or bring instability to this situation that like they be buying to the propaganda that the empire is doing something good for the galaxy yeah they notice like there's a pattern of stolen items from Kessel and Jakku yeah. and warheads and things like that and like things from the naval yard and they were yeah. piecing it together and they're all like you're crazy and it's so funny as an audience to be like no she's not she's actually like right on the money yes and then you see that i know we see briefly blebin back in morlana and oh no it's ferrix or morlana well anyway i think he's on ferrix but uh the thing is He's interacting with this lieutenant and he's like, oh, can I have the prefect position? I know it doesn't come with a bigger pay, but I, it's like to have the title, something like that. So it talks to you about a lot of the motivations and what they they are looking for this window of opportunity to thrive under the empire. 
It's not because, oh, we are mean, we are Sith, we are dark side, whatnot. They're, they mm-hmm. just think it is the best way, the best thing from their perspective. They're just ordinary people trying to do a good job. Yeah. And honestly, like, say what you will about the prequels. But I, I love them, obviously. I think we all love them. Yes. But this idea of the Clone Wars and what Palpatine did was he's playing both sides, obviously, but it wasn't just to weaken the armies or strengthen his armies, really. It was to weaken the people so they are ready to be subjugated. They're like, yeah. this, at least this is better than war. Oh, yeah. Let, let's get my imperial chain code. Let's, you know, look the other way because at least we don't have a bunch of droids invading our planet anymore. So, yeah, people are like, okay, the Empire is what stopped the war. Right. And all this horrible happenings. Especially when you grow up with it and you don't know anything else. Yeah, you think about, like, around her age. So, like, 15 years ago, she was a child. Yeah. Who was, like, probably only knew war. A lot of these people, like Karn, too. They knew the Clone Wars or that's what they were born into. So, they believe... Actually, one thing that I forgot to mention about Cyril. Did you notice that in his room, he had these, like, figures? I was just thinking, like, maybe he was a little... I remember, I think of the Revenge of the Sith novelization that talks about, like, Anakin and Obi-Wan being, like, the superheroes sort of of the galaxy. The hero without fear is what Anakin is called. Yes. He was like, I can imagine like Cyril being a little kid and oh yeah, the jet. But obviously at that moment, then they were sold on the, oh yeah, the Jedi turned bad and they changed their perspective. Mm -hmm. The people, they believe the cause. And Mm -hmm. I think it's a lot of uh, what happens a lot in at least the EU is once the Death Star happens, is when they're like, oh, are we the bad guys? They just like torched <laughs> a whole planet. Because right now they're doing the small oppressions, like mm-hmm. Nemec yeah. is saying. Like that skit about the Nazis having skulls on their uniforms. And they're like, <laughs> wait, are we the baddies? Are we the baddies? Exactly. <laughs> I think I said this on an earlier episode. I think about it a lot. I love Lost Stars as a book. I think it's yes. incredible. Mm-hmm. And like the character work, impeccable. And the fact that we're getting Imperials like Nash on screen, like people oh, yeah. who not only think they're doing the right thing, but in the face of tragedy and the face of like proof to the contrary, double down on their beliefs rather than having that moment of wait. Like I forgot his name, the um the Imperial who's helping the rebels. Oh, uh, Gorn. Gorn. So, Gorn. Yeah, that's the thing is Gorn. Lost a girl and lost a promotion, and that's what turned him. But that's the thing is like, <laughs> like the promotion is one thing, but like losing his love, we don't know the circumstances. We know she's local, and we know how the empire feels about locals. They don't feel great if they're not joining the cause. So if he lost her in terrible circumstances, putting the fridging of this unnamed woman aside for a second, the loss of his love was enough for him to realize that maybe we're the baddies maybe i don't believe in this cause anymore and that kind of like opened his eyes whereas like there are people like cyril like dedra who i feel like in the face of something like the death star or the empire doing something that we as the audience know is objectively wrong that's not enough for them to realize they're doing the quote-unquote objectively wrong thing take something personal even then i feel like even then i feel like a personal loss at the hands of the empire they would find a way to blame on the rebels 
it, like it's item from <clears throat> Battlefront 2, two Death Stars, everything. It isn't until her home planet is attacked by the Empire that she's like, oh, this isn't good. Yeah. Yeah, but it, so, it, yeah. it depends because it, like going back to those stars and Nash, he literally sees Alderaan being destroyed by the Death Star. And instead of saying, hey, this is wrong, he doubles down like, like uh, Arsu says. So yeah, it's interesting to see when they double down, like we see mm-hmm. this with other Imperials, like Callus, he doubles down until something breaches him personally, which is Zeb. Yeah. Which Zeb, no, I'm not. <laughs> His boyfriend. Uh, uh, <laughs> yes. It's going to make a really dirty joke. <laughs> but, uh, nice. I just, I love seeing the contrast of the fights again. The contrast of the fight in Coruscant and the fight and all the nuances. on the ground and then dirt and grass and then it's all clean and like pristine and the imperial corset even though you know it's dirty metaphorically are we missing any other characters there's so many characters in the show and they're all amazing i know <laughs> i think we covered all the major beats yeah yeah oh do we think we're getting the heist next week or are we gonna have to wait another week i feel like it was, it was the day of right was the yeah day was it yeah it, it was, was the day yeah. before so yeah do they you think do everyone's gonna prep to do they're not ready. They could have another year. They're not ready. <laughs> yeah. Do you think everyone's going to like go with the flow, the plan, or they're going to try their best? I mean, they're going to try their best. I don't think they're all going to live to tell the tale. No, no. I yeah. <laughs> it's we're, I'm sorry. My dog is like playing with this. <laughs> oh, he's yeah. on these because he's playing with this Chewbacca squeaky toy and he Aww. Aww. very on brand Boba yeah. Yeah. I feel like it feels a little bit like it did before hi guys before Rebels before the end of Rebels when all of us were like on edge and we were like okay who's gonna die like who's gonna who's it gonna be you know because some people are not gonna survive this and then we you know, we only really lost Kanan, so um, you know, in comparison to Rogue One, we came out pretty all right. Um, oh no! <laughs> so sad. So now that's that's kind of how I feel going in. This is like, who's it going to be? Is it going to be everyone? Is it going to be a couple folks? Who knows? Like what Arzu said, it's probably going to be the kid because we've had the most like emotional connection with him so far. I know, and that's. So- I just think of the trailer, and we just see Cassian on that ship. I know. Last we go. The rest of them are in the back <laughs> doing yes. other things. Cinta and Bell are just, you know, making out back there. Yeah. There you go. That's exactly what <laughs> celebration gifts. Yep. But that's the thing is when I saw that Rubble saw, it was like, do not get attached to any of them. Yeah. Don't especially do it, you did that with Rogue One. You were especially with the, the commentary about. I, I thought I saw this on, on social media that there was going to turn kind of Game of Thrones way. So don't it get is attached. the grown up Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> Valar Morgulis. Plot twist when one of them says that on the way in. <laughs> yeah. And then one of them takes their face in is Arya and kills Bill. I'm sorry. I, 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 Maisie I Williams just pops up with no yeah. context or explanation. <laughs> Yeah, sorry. I had I had to bring that Bell was the wave on Game of Thrones. Right. There's a lot of Game of Thrones actors in Star Wars and vice versa. I know. Yeah. It's what happens when you film in England. Yeah, yeah very true. Got the British people up in there. Mm-hmm. Anybody have a final thought before we wrap things up? We need more droids. 
yeah, I know. Can, see, that's when you're missing. Where's the that's B2MO? Missing. They need a chopper in there keeping them in line. Yeah. Right? Come on. That's that's why they aren't a family like the rebels are. Because yep, everyone it. but Hera is terrified of that droid. You know, and they, yeah. that bombs them. That's Chopper's true. the glue. Mm-hmm. That's the clue Chopper that the, holds the, the team together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With that in mind, then, Candace, where can everyone find you online? The best place to find me is Twitter at Candace is a Geek. And make sure to follow our YouTube. YouTube, I think, slash C, the Geeky Waffle. Please subscribe. I'm trying. I, I promote that at the end. I know, but sometimes, but I wanted to really shout out the YouTube. Okay. I'm trying with the YouTubes. <laughs> okay. Norhal, how about you? Okay, you can find me on Twitter at Norhal and my uh, bio, you can find my link tree with all this uh, different pursuits and um, websites that I have. Chelsea. You can find me on Twitter at Chelsea Fairless. And Katrina. You can find me anywhere on social media at oh, Katrina. As for me, you can find me on Twitter at Arzo Amin, and you can find this show on Twitter at Space Waffles Pod. Uh, you can find the Geeky Waffle at Geeky underscore Waffle on Twitter. We are the Geeky Waffle on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, as Candace promoted earlier. We are also at thegeekywaffle.com. That's where all of our shows and all that stuff can be found. Patreon, patreon.com slash thegeekywaffle. Thank you all so much for listening. Bring the droids back to Star Wars. We hope everybody stays alive next week, and may the waffles be with you. <laughs>